A few years ago, a Focus staff member asked Alexis if she had any prayer needs. And at that time, my heart was so tender, and I really was feeling like I wanted to give up on this marriage. So I just told him quite straightly, like, I need help. We need help. Our marriage is very difficult, and would you pray for our marriage? And he did. She also found help on the radio. Focus on the family saved my life. It just was the lifeline that I needed every single day to keep going and keep hoping. I'm Jim Daly. Help us save more families every month by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com family. Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. Like pretty much anything in life, it's going to take work, but you can better understand your spouse. You've got to be willing to kind of push your way through conflict, especially if you're going to find true intimacy. I'm John Fuller, joined by Dr. Greg Smalley, and right now, let's listen to more of a conversation that Jim Daly and I had with Dr. Larry Crabb on what it means to become one with your spouse. Hey, Larry, let's pick up. I want to ask you this question. Is there a, you know, again, both men and women, we tend to, some personalities work well with checklists. Is there a way to recognize this in us, this selfishness you've been describing? So often with kids, I think with my own boys, I ask them to step back when they're emotionally out of control and take a deep breath or take a time out. Is there a mechanism that you and Rachel used early on to train mm, yourselves to sure. say, okay, here's my human response. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to step back from that. What did you use as triggers? I think there's maybe two keys to that. One is, do we have in our minds what I like to call, and this will sound like a fancy phrase, but it really isn't, categories of understanding, so we have categories to think in. Paul says we're transformed how? By the renewing our, our mind. mind. Therefore, to have categories to think in. And if we have the category of what other-centeredness really is and how it contrasts with self-centeredness, commitment to my well-being at any cost to you, that's a category to think about. A category of what it means to be feminine as a woman, to be open to receive, to be masculine as a man, to be remembering and moving. If we have these categories in our mind, then we can take those as templates, if you will, to observe ourselves as we're relating. Mm. And then I have to tune into my emotional life. If I begin to feel an irritability, if I begin to feel a fear, if I begin to feel a retreating sense, then that's like the red light in the dashboard of your car. And then it's time to maybe stop the car, open the hood, take a look and see what's going on. So if you have categories of understanding and you're tuning into what's happening in your inner being and your inner world emotionally, then those become opportunities to do some serious good reflection that might lead to a recognition of what's going on here that maybe isn't so good Mm -hmm. and can lead to some real good stuff. Yeah, there's a level of introspection that Dr. Crabb drives us to consider as he speaks and writes and as he's been on this broadcast, Jim. And I don't like that. I mean, <laughs> you're well so challenged. It wasn't too long ago, just a few nights ago, in fact, where I came home. It had been a kind of crazy day, and I was just looking at getting something done at home. You know, the <laughs> pile was kind of high. It wasn't the laundry pile. It's just a variety of things, and I felt like I hadn't accomplished enough at the office. So I will go home and accomplish. I'll get something done. Uh, I wasn't considering the fact that my wife has been home all day, has three kids in the house, and she might need something. And so my blocked goal when I responded in anger to her saying, do you have a minute, was no, I don't have a minute. 
And I, and I just tried to push her off, and the Holy Spirit kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, what, what's really important, getting something done or this opportunity your wife has? And, you know, <laughs> oh. I tried to push that off and ignore that, but that was a blocked goal of mine, and she was in the way of me getting something done. So my, na- my natural reaction was anger. Uh. You know, you're always wanting something from me. And you know what I hope people are hearing as you're sharing those kind of stories? We are going to fail. We're not going to get it right. But failure is an opportunity to see what's really going on in our souls. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid of failure. Use it as an opportunity to grow. You know, Larry, so often uh, here at Focus when we talk about disagreements within marriage, Christian marriage particularly, um, occasionally we'll get uh, letters or emails from people that say, hey, you know, my spouse and I, we've been married 30 years. We've never fought. Mm. Um, Some couples, that's not an element of theirs. And certainly they're probably saying something very honest, very true. Uh, But what would you say to the person that says, hey, you know what? We never fight. Is that normal? No, (laughs) it is not normal. Um, I rather think that the couple that um, never fights and always gets along is aiming too low. If you mm-hmm. aim for the kind of intimacy, the kind of oneness that I talk about in The Marriage Builder and that I strive for in my marriage, I want to be close to my wife. And I would like to have the whatever number of years we have left together to be the very best years of our marriage. Mm-hmm. So we're still aiming high. And when you aim high, then you recognize the obstacles in your own nature that get in the way of that. And that's where the tension comes. Aim low and you're doing fine. Just become a happy roommate and have no problem. Don't worry about marriage. Just be a roommate. I remember one time I was doing a conference years ago, and I was uh, much younger at the time. I was maybe 35 or something, and an elderly gentleman my age now came up to me after the seminar and said, "Um, Dr. Cramp, I just want to let you know we've had no problems in our marriage whatsoever. And I said, well, when did you stop living together? (laughs) And he looked at me funny, and he choked up a little bit, and he said, within about six months of our marriage, we went into separate bedrooms. Ah, so it had truth to it. And now I begin to realize that we have lived separately, not just physically in terms of a bedroom, but emotionally. And as a result, they really had no tension. Mm. Well, that story from Dr. Crabb really makes a pretty strong point for uh, what it takes to achieve unity. You got to work at it. You can't just move into separate bedrooms and say, we don't fight anymore. Uh, you have to be united for a common purpose. And uh, Greg, how do you encourage couples who are struggling to find true intimacy because there's always conflict? I mean, every day there's conflict. Anytime there's ongoing conflict, it's so easy to begin to view my wife, Erin, as my enemy, as the problem. And Erin is never my enemy. She's, she's not my adversary. We, we have an enemy. Satan wants to disrupt us. He wants to destroy our unity. Aaron and I, when we walked down the aisle, we became the Smalley team. Ongoing conflict, it, it, it makes us forget that. Hmm. We, we just see each other through this really negative lens. And I encourage people, when you deal with conflict, try just starting off by saying, hey, I just want you to remember that you're my teammate. You're not my enemy here. And, and as a matter of fact, could, could we pray for unity right now? Mm. It, it, it does such an amazing thing for me when I'm willing to just point that out to Aaron and say, you're, you're my wife. You're my teammate. You're, you're my best friend. You are not my enemy, and we have an enemy, and I really feel like we're, our marriage is under attack right now. Yeah. Just try that. There is something powerful in just speaking that out. 
and and kind of proclaiming the truth of the situation, it just gets things out there and it gives God some room to work, doesn't it? It really does, because when Aaron and I are continuously fighting, when we have those seasons, it's also easy to develop some real negative beliefs about her. She'll never change. We always do this. Uh, we're having such a good night. And then she runs it all the time. And just understand that that's going on. And so part of guarding your marriage is to remind yourself that you're probably seeing your spouse through a real negative lens right now. And, and John, I love how you reference last podcast about how your wife, Dina, was making a gratitude list. Mm -hmm. Actually, by doing something like that about your spouse, what do I appreciate about my spouse? I know that we've gone through a lot of conflict and I'm really frustrated with him right now, but what is it that I appreciate about him? The fact that he's a good provider, a good dad, whatever, takes the trash out, whatever. The, the more we do that, the more we stay focused on the things that they do that we like, it can help to, to fight back against the negative beliefs. Mm. Now, if you're really in a season that you're just constantly fighting, get help. You're probably on your own. Something is going on. Something's driving that. Why you are stuck, I don't know, but something is driving that. Mm -hmm. and, and be courageous enough to say, we, we can't do this on our own. I mean, the more we're stuck in this, it's, it's just doing more and more damage. Be yeah. courageous enough to go get help. I mean, we have amazing counselors here focused on the family that you can call right now and get a great consultation. They'll refer you to a wonderful Christian counselor in your area. Mm -hmm. So d don't, don't just keep doing the same old thing that's not working. Yeah. You've got to break this up, and there's ways to do it, and we've got wonderful counselors who can help you think that through. If you want to have a stronger marriage, you might have to call in a third party. That's a good thing. It is. And um, I'll just say, personally, we've had some challenges with a special needs child and some other stuff going on, so we sought out some help with a counselor. And it was very beneficial to have somebody saying, you know, here's what I'm observing. These are the kinds of things that I see. We can offer that kind of service to you uh, through the phone, and then we can refer you to somebody locally. We also have Dr. Crabb's great book, The Marriage Builder. That's available for a gift of any amount, either a monthly pledge or a one-time gift. Uh, the point here is that Focus on the Family cares. We want you to thrive as a couple. We need you to have a strong marriage as a testimony in the culture. And so uh, let us help you. Uh, it takes a phone call or just reach out. We've got the contact details in the episode notes. Next time, we're going to hear from Pastor Levi Lesko as he explains how you can regain a godly perspective on sex and romance. I'm John Fuller, and for Greg Smalley and the team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. <laughs>